Hey, how's it going? My name is Daniel Calderon and welcome back to Corner Talks. Why do I want to become a filmmaker? This is a question I get asked a lot. This is a question that raises a few eyebrows when I tell people that I choose to be a filmmaker or I am pursuing the path of a filmmaker. It is not a simple, it is not a conventional path that a lot of people are familiar with. And I get a lot of, again, raised eyebrows, I get a lot of concerns, and some people question how I'm gonna make it happen. How am I gonna survive, make a living out of this career? And you know, it's normal. It's normal for these people to ask these questions because I myself need to ask these questions in order to advance. I myself need to discover and figure out, you know, why did I start this path? Why am I pursuing this dream? Uh, for many reasons. Uh, one being, you know, that conviction and that confidence you need in your craft and your belief in yourself. And regarding filmmaking, again, it's not a simple path. It's not something that you go to school for, you graduate, you hook up with a contact, and then you find a, a job. It's not that easy. Some people might follow that path that I just mentioned, and, you know, God bless them, but it is so unformulaic, it is uh, wild that no one can pinpoint exactly how you can pursue filmmaking for that matter. What I've come to realize uh, as I progress more and more in my career is I've also become more mature and I understand why people would ask me those questions. And it's not so much always financially or, you know, uh, success wise, you know, why do you want to become a filmmaker, not a doctor? Uh, people genuinely ask because they want to know why would you pick this path as opposed to music or photography or you know, maybe any other art form or any other uh, sort of career that you can kind of pursue. And this is why I want to create this video for you guys. This is why I want to have this discussion because I want to give you guys an insight on why I love film, why films are all that I associate with and why I chose uh, to make this one day uh, something I can live off of because, you know, filmmaking for me is my life. Filmmaking for me is, you know, part of me now and since I was a little boy, watching film, watching movies with my parents, you know, I just, I always thought of seeing myself, seeing my name up on that screen and being responsible for making my own kind of story. So this is my discussion. This is my story on why I want to become a filmmaker. The first thing that made me fall in love with film is the aspect of storytelling. Without a good story, there is no film. And whether we're telling a joke, whether we're gossiping to our friends, or simply telling a story to a parent, we all tell stories. Uh, stories are everywhere. We all have that natural ability to hear stories, to, to discuss them, to share them, to anticipate the ending and the reaction, the feeling it gives us. And again, storytelling has always resonated with me. I've been told since I was a boy that my imagination was very strong. Uh, I'm always imagining, you know, new places, new worlds, and characters and I'm really just my mind somewhere else and I think that's attributes to the fact that I can't focus for long periods of time but I think it all harkens back to the idea that I love stories and I play stories in my head all the time when I'm interacting with people with friends I'm imagining you know what they're gonna say next or how they're gonna communicate to this person I'm imagining scenarios and this all serves into how I write and how I you know, tell my stories through film. Storytelling for me is you know, put on a different trajectory. It's put on a different path with film. Film amplifies it. Film brings it to new heights, new possibilities. It's not just a person vocalizing what they experienced. It is visual, it is visceral, it is immersive. 
And again, you combine the two, storytelling and film, and you get a whole different experience. You get a whole different way of looking at a story. Now stories, again, throughout time, through mythology, through comic books, whatever have you, they exaggerate, they add in the supernatural. They're not verbatim, they're not uh, exactly true all the time, like factual, like I went to the store and I bought milk. The reason why we sprinkle in that imagination um, is because we are trying to inspire that person. We are trying to inspire anyone listening to it, or we're trying to get a reaction, a feeling, an emotion, happiness, sadness, anger. Stories, and stories in film in particular, make me see the world from a different perspective make me see the possibilities in something and make me sometimes question and allow me to be more curious about certain scenarios that or predicaments that I find myself in. You know, Eight Mile or The Pursuit of Happiness. These kinds of movies make me realize the possibilities of chasing your dream and being persistent and being consistent and never really giving up on yourself, having that conviction uh, that life isn't really guaranteed, life isn't really handed to you and you're gonna go through rough spots. You're gonna go through moments where you're completely in despair, where you just don't wanna go further anymore as proven in Eight Mile and The Pursuit of Happiness. But through diligence, through hard work, and again, through tenacity, there is a possibility that your dreams can come true. And that recognition for me through this film, again, I'm not familiar with Eminem, I'm not familiar with the character played by Will Smith, but at the same time, I understand what the character is going through. I understand what they want out of life, that motivation, that drive. And when I finish watching that movie, I can understand even more what it takes to get there because of that experience, because of that storytelling that was put on screen. The number one rule in filmmaking is show, don't tell. And this is why I enjoy film so much. As a visual learner, person, creator, whatever have you, I absolutely love the fact that film is a visual medium. I understand things better when I see them. I understand things better when they're told with a visual aspect. And films like you know, Jurassic Park when the T-Rex is approaching the car and you have a shot of the ripples in the water uh, from the cup as he's approaching the vehicle. You know, or you have in Spider-Man that he's learning his powers and he slowly climbs the wall. Nothing is said. There is just expressions on the characters' faces, the actors, and the music amplifies the emotions, but nothing is said. No one is telling you what is going on. No one is telling you that the T-Rex is approaching the car. No one is telling you that Spider-Man is learning his powers. But this idea of visuals telling you what is happening in a scene is, excites me so much as a storyteller. It tells me that I have a chance. I have a chance at actually telling a powerful story because I think visually. I always think on how a shot should be set up, how a scene would look uh, with a certain kind of palette or a certain kind of lighting. I'm always visualizing the location. I'm always visualizing the setting that these situations, these scenes are in. And again, having that visual aspect of film is just so beautiful. It is so amazing. It just intrigues me evermore. And it's not even so much the, the way these set pieces are and the way the scenes are set up. It's the cinematography, these gorgeous, gorgeous palettes and beautiful color grading, the way these filmmakers, you know, design and display their movies like Blade Runner 2049, how it serves the story, how it, you know, makes you feel like you're 
in a futuristic world. It's very cold, it's very dirty, it's you know, not something that you feel like you can live in yourself. And then contrast that complex kind of color palette uh, cinematography on Blade Runner 2049 with the simple green tinge in The Matrix. And this simple green tinge basically, again, t serves the story by telling you, the audience, they are in an artificial world. They are not in the real world here on Earth. And every time they go to the real world, it is very bleak. It's very gray and blue, and it's very depressing. But when they go to the matrix, there's this tinge of green. It looks normal, but there's this tinge of green and you can't help but notice what is going on. And your brain is telling you that the, the filmmakers are telling you they're not from this world. They're not from the world that you and I both know. So again, this idea of visuals and the way it serves the story, the way it tells the audience without actually saying it to the audience, you know, what is happening in a story, what is happening in a film is so crazy to me. It, it, it's so endearing and I love it every second of it. And that's what I aspire my films to be is they're always telling you a story, whether they're speaking or not, the visuals are so strong, so powerful that when you see that film, when you see that color palette, that grading, you know exactly what you're watching. Music is so important to me, both personally and professionally. You know, personally, it's therapeutic, it uplifts me, it takes me away from my thoughts, it makes me alone with my thoughts. It just gives me so much uh, of an inspiration. And professionally, it's part of my craft, it's part of my work. It, you know, if it didn't exist, I don't even know if I would be in filmmaking, and I said it. Like, music for me changes the story, it transcends the story, it brings it to new places. And this is speaking from someone that watches a lot of film and can tell you that a movie without music uh, is not enjoyable for me. A movie that doesn't have the right score or soundtrack is you know, not effective at all. It's not, it changes the game, it changes the whole uh, emotion that it's delivering to the audience. Again, just because music is in film doesn't mean it's done always right. Uh, it can also take you out of it. You have to have a very delicate, very, uh, you know, talented ear to pick up the right music uh, in the right scene. But at the same time, when it's done right, it becomes synonymous. It becomes synonymous with that scene, that emotion, that movie, and every time you hear it, it brings you back. Like for instance, Back in Black by ACDC. That song is, you know, been around for decades and it's legendary, everybody's heard it before. But every time I hear it, I always think of Iron Man. I always think of Tony Stark suiting up and flying, kicking ass. And the reason being is because they did it so well. It fit the movie so well that you can't see it or hear it in any other uh, film, really. Anyone that uses it now, I just can't see it the same way. I can't hear it the same way. So music is something that I stand by. I know a lot of filmmakers die by this. I know a lot of filmmakers are like me where it inspires them. It inspires them to write a scene, to come up with a scene, to visualize a scene. But it also is a necessity to keep the film from going into mediocrity, from being something uh, as, as simple as, you know, two people fighting when it could be something like two people fighting, like amplified to the point where you feel the emotions. The audience's reaction is absolutely priceless. If you're watching this and you've never seen a film in the theater, you've never seen the film with an audience, 
you have no idea what I'm talking about. For all those that remember the movie theater, remember being around people that were laughing, that were giggling, that were gasping, that were sighing, that were reacting to film. It is such an unbelievable experience, a surreal experience, because to know these moving pictures on a screen that were made, that were filmed months, years prior, edited to get the right emotion out of you, and it works, is indescribable. I mean, how could you even explain something like that? It's such movie magic. And that audience reaction is something that I always hold dear to my heart. It's something that you can't take advantage of. It's something that you can't manipulate. It's something that you can't really buy. The audience's reaction is genuine. If you make a good piece of storytelling, if you make a really intriguing, impactful scene, you will get that reaction from people. You can't get a fake reaction. Well, you can, I should say, you could probably bribe them, but the truth will come out, you'll be exposed. Time will tell, your film won't last because it's an art form. And true art leaves a mark on people. True art makes people ask the questions when they leave that theater, when they leave that film. And the audience being part of that experience with you, that, that movie magic and, and reacting to what you've created, all that you've anticipated, it's such a beautiful experience. It's something that I always look forward to. And it's something that I miss so much because we're in a pandemic and we can't even go to the theaters. Theaters are shut down and I'm really afraid that they might become obsolete because of the streaming service. And whatever have you, you know, the market will decide, but it'll be a huge disservice, a huge disservice to the art form because film is meant to be seen with people. Film is meant to be celebrated. And I get it, you'll watch it with friends, you'll watch it with family, but I'm talking about an audience. Like imagine sitting with strangers that you don't even know. Yes, yeah, sometimes there's notorious stories, people kicking your seat, it's happened to me, throwing popcorn, being rowdy, cell phones going off, I get you. Those are horrible examples. But when you go to the right movie, I'm telling you, there are some times when I haven't heard anything. I can hear a pin drop, The Dark Knight, Avengers Endgame, like these blockbuster films, people were looking forward to it so much that not, no one was making noise. Star Wars, uh, The Last Jedi, even though I wasn't a fan, but going into it, I can see why people did not speak because people were glued to the screen. People wanted to hear what was happening. And again, whether there's a positive or negative reaction, it makes the film come alive. And now we get to something that I have to be full out honest with you. Um, the legacy, leaving behind a legacy, something I put on my clothing brand, 94 collection, something that I voice to my friends, my colleagues. It is something that resonates with me ever since I thought up this crazy dream and this conviction that I could do it, <laughs> that I could make this thing possible. Legacy for me is the idea your films immortalize you. They stand the test of time and people 50, 100 years from now will watch them and be remembered by you. You know, they, they will leave a lasting memory and they're an expression of who you are, uh, cemented in time. Now, that's a very ambitious kind of goal. That's a very ambitious pursuit. Not a lot of filmmakers even reach that. A lot of them make a good living, but they're never gonna get to the point of a Scorsese or a Tarantino where people like know who they are. Um, and again, their films just completely revolutionize the game. But a guy can dream and a, a guy can think possibly what could happen. One day I'll have my moment, I'll have my story uh, to tell, 
And, you know, it's not guaranteed at all. Uh, but that idea of I can make a film so impactful that I can leave behind a legacy. I can leave my legacy and this is who I was as a person. This is how I saw the world. This is how I perceive my reality is enthralling. It just immerses me even more into the craft. And people like, you know, Alfred Hitchcock and, you know, Stanley Kubrick, who's been dead for numbers of years, we still talk about their films. We still search them on YouTube. As filmmakers, we're always inspired by them, always learning how they came up with a shot, uh, where they get their inspiration. We always have that dialogue amongst us. And again, it's just that idea that they left behind this legacy through the few or many number of films that they created is something that I just hold dear to my heart, something that I can't wait to tackle and can't wait to try, try and achieve uh, with my own filmmaking career. Thank you again, guys, for joining me on another Corner Talks. I really hope you enjoyed my discussion on why I became a filmmaker. This is something I always wanted to discuss with you. It's something that I always wanted to share my story, show you guys where I come from, my intentions with filmmaking going forward, and you know why I chose this path, this difficult, difficult path, this unconventional kind of journey where you know, I would put myself uh, through the unstructured time, the hours, um, you know, working for one month and then not working for several. But we do it because we love it. We do it because of the points I mentioned. It is something that's bigger than us. It is something that we want to share with the world. And whether it's storytelling, it's music, it's the visuals, it's the legacy, it's the audience's reaction. I live by each one of them and I have each piece of them in my heart whenever I approach a story, whenever I approach uh, a directing a project, I always want to carry that with me because that is who I am truly. And if you're listening to this and you're a filmmaker or you're someone that wants to be a filmmaker, take these points into consideration. These are points that have helped me. These are points that remind me of the path whenever I'm out of alignment, whenever I feel down on my luck and I feel it's not gonna happen. I remind myself like why I'm in it why I'm doing this. If you agree or disagree to my points, please be sure to leave your comments down below. I always love to see your thoughts. Also, if you enjoyed this video, please be sure to like and subscribe to my YouTube channel. Take care and we'll talk soon.